Hello, thriller and paranormal fans. My name is Jess, and this is CamCat Unwrapped. You've been listening to The Ghosts of Thorwald Place by Helen Power, which won gold in the IBPA Benjamin Franklin Awards in the Best New Voice in Fiction category. And today we have Helen Power with us here for a virtual interview, and I'm so excited to chat with her. Helen, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Well, Helen, thank you so much for being here. And we usually start with the authors telling us a little bit about themselves. So why don't you start with telling us a little bit about your background, your reason for writing, things about you. Sure. Um, Yeah, I'm an academic librarian living in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan in Canada. Um, I love all things spooky and creepy from horror movies to going on ghost walks and like haunted houses. So naturally, if I was going to write something, I'd have to write something that was spooky. So that was kind of some of part of the reason why I decided to write a mystery from the perspective of a ghost. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Yeah, no, that's all great. <laughs> um, so you're an academic librarian already. That explains your, um, I think, is it your Instagram or maybe both your Instagram and your TikTok handle being power librarian. Very cool. Mm-hmm. I make the connection now. <laughs> Um, and then you're in Canada. So you're our first international person we're uh, talking to, actually, which is so cool. Uh, I didn't know that awesome. you were in Canada. So that's super cool. And you said that you do all sorts of ghost walks and fun things. Yeah. Anytime I go to a new place, it's like I have to convince whoever's with me to go on a ghost walk or like check out like the haunted locations and stuff like that. It's like, ooh, this restaurant, it doesn't look great, but it's haunted. So we have to eat eat. there. (laughs) Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. Well, we live in L.A., which is a big hub for all sorts of spooky tours. And um, my mom is really into that stuff, too. So we've definitely been on our fair share of haunted tours we did the santa monica pier and like the house where the manson murders took place so uh that's awesome oh it's been i totally am on board with you as far as uh (laughs) or not the i actually don't think the house is open but it was like a neighbor's house that has had a lot of paranormal activity things since then um but now that i'm thinking of it it wasn't the actual house but it was like a neighbor's house Um, So that's so cool that you've kind of built this lifestyle really around loving spooky things. You've written a spooky book. You have all of this spooky background knowledge. That's so fun. So that sounds like that's kind of what your connection is to this genre, why you chose to write this book in this style. Uh, Yes, pretty much. I mean, I came up with the idea and then it kind of came from there. I had initially intended it to be a bit more of a horror, but I was, I was writing it. And the pl- I started doing some heavy plotting. I was like, this is more of a murder mystery. So it's actually not not a horror. It's a spooky mystery. Perfect for spooky season. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know. But, yeah. Perfect for spooky season. Uh, but that's so funny that you said that as you were plotting it out, it totally took a different shape. Uh, which brings me to another question that I had for you, which is, what was your writing process like? Did you find yourself doing a lot of planning ahead of time? Or did you feel like... Uh, a lot of our authors have said that they call them they call themselves pantsers 
and uh, that they've kind of felt like they've been flying on the seat of their pants as they're riding, just like, oh, and then this happened. Oh, and then this happened. So what do you feel like is more your style? It's funny because I'm a little bit of both. I can't start writing until I've tried to plan it out. Sure. But then I can't, like I struggle with viewing too far ahead. So then what I do is I start writing and then I kind of start changing the plot according to like what's actually happening. Like I said, my story was meant to be a lot darker when I first, when I was first planning it and even when I first started writing it, but then it kind of, um, kind of just started writing itself a little bit and it started to change and become a little bit more of a mystery and then as I was writing I was kind of you know switching between the POV or the different characters the different apartments in the building and it was it's fun when you're writing because like I did have some of those pantsing scenes where some of the stories and the neighbor's stories intersected in different ways that I hadn't expected or that ended up ruining something I had planned later on, but was better (laughs) than what I had initially thought would happen. Oh, wow. So I had fun doing that. Yeah. That's so cool. Did you kind of feel like the characters told you how they wanted their story to be? Because I've talked to some of the authors who've said that, which especially with you having so many little subplots to the main plot, uh, that must have been mm-hmm. something you dealt with a lot. Yeah, for sure. It was it was a bit of <laughs> a struggle, especially for I find for whoever my POV character, like the main character is, that really does kind of define the tone for the story. But also, what would she do? Like, how would she react? Whereas in this book, it's not as um, difficult to force her to do what I want her to do because the elevator moves right, and that she's sure. pulled with it. <laughs> so yeah. it's not necessarily her choice, like where she goes and what she does. Um, but I mean, for some of my character subplots, I kind of had them plotted out from the beginning and they just, they stuck to what I wanted them to do. And then for some of the others, they just kind of went on their own, did their own thing. That's so cool. I love that. So do you feel like any of your characters being that they did kind of have their own personality? I mean, they absolutely had their own personalities. Did you feel like you drew a lot from the people in your real life to design those characters? Um, like sometimes there's certain characteristics I do pull from people, but I mean, I would get in a lot of trouble if I said any of my (laughs) (laughs) disturbing characters from Ghosts of Thorwell Place was inspired by, completely by someone I know in real life. Um, Or you'd be like worried for my safety (laughs) (laughs) if I said that. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, more like little things or sometimes like personality flaws or or quirks and stuff like that. You kind of just draw from different people. Yeah. But then sometimes they kind of end up taking on their own, their own twists. And I'm like, okay, I guess you're like that then. (laughs) Sure. Well, it's so funny because this is one of the books, maybe because there were so many, um, well, dynamic characters that felt like there were so many twists and turns. I felt like I could see them so clearly in my head. And I'm wondering, usually I would ask this question further along in my interview, but I'm wondering if you had any sort of people either in your life or in movies or actors or anything that you cast as the people in your book as you were writing it or just afterwards reading it to yourself. Yeah, um, I kind of, I didn't really have a whole lot of actors that I was really picturing. There was a couple. So for Alexi, I had pictured 
like it took me forever to figure out the actor's name because he's been in a whole bunch of random little things and I was like trying to google and figure out I'm like I picture him perfectly but like Matt Frewer the actor I don't know if you're familiar with him I think the he's name Canadian, sounds familiar I'm not 100% sure um, I finally figured out who he was <laughs> <laughs> but that's like who I always pictured for um for Alexi. for for Alexi and I think I was picturing kind of weirdly John Krasinski as Luke a little bit but I mean he's a redhead so it didn't quite work but like you know his I vibe like I, I I see that it sounds like then just I mean you've done a lot of spooky research on your own just being kind of a lover of spook a lover of the paranormal like interesting things that would give people goosebumps so do you feel like if not a lot of things in from your real life or like from your people around you personal experience were drawn on for your book, do you feel like a lot of research that you used were you were able to use in the book? Yeah. Um, for like, you, do you mean for like the paranormal parts? Yeah, or? The paranormal parts or like, you know. <laughs> There's obviously the whole murder investigation that's going on throughout the book mm-hmm. as well. So did you have to do any research to write that? Um, actually, it's funny because I did my undergraduate degree in forensic science. Oh, no so way. Sometime, and I tend to write like characters who are not detectives doing investigations. And I have to think, okay, I know what a, like, a police person would do. But like, right. what would <laughs> like somebody who doesn't have this background do? And I find that interesting. So like, I kind of knew a lot of the behind the scenes, even for what the police were doing during yeah. their investigation. But Rachel doesn't really get to see a whole lot of that. So it's kind of just, you know, she'd see, oh, you know, Catalina's heading off to the the police station again, kind of like wonder what they're doing. But like, I knew kind of like what steps they were taking through that, but just kind of revealing to her just what she could see, right? Because she's just stuck and stuck attached to the elevator. So she could only see like a little part of it. Right. So, yeah. Um, But that was interesting. And just like, even, even with that background, though, a lot of Googling (laughs) happened. Sure. For sure. Even just like just trying to figure out how how it worked to volunteer for like a crisis hotline, for instance, like figuring out all that, you know, yeah. um, the switchboards and like how that all would work for like transferring calls and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. a lot of a lot of research. And then I guess the ghost stuff I kind of just made up. <laughs> obviously well not obviously I mean I don't really believe in ghosts I just find it cool like and interesting and I kind of believe when it's nighttime sure so that's <laughs> don't we all when we're all alone when it's in the dark, dark out. Like <laughs> I yeah when I'm it. like playing <laughs> playing phasmophobia with my sister saying like ghosts show yourself and then something fell in my room and I almost had a heart attack I was like not ghosts in the real world on the tv show (laughs) in the game like please oh my gosh you're so freaky oh I've had a couple of ghost experiences in the real world too where I'm like okay am I am I just seeing things am I making this up or is this actually happening so I know what you mean it's so spooky when that happens it's so spooky and it's always like nighttime you're always kind of sleepy so you're like questioning yourself like I don't believe it but right is honestly this actually like, happening or is my head just playing tricks on me for sure yeah that's so funny well you had said something earlier about um y- your uh background in forensics that's so cool so I'm so curious which came first uh your you know the chicken or the egg your interest in paranormal <laughs> things or your kind of forensic background that you established 
That's really interesting. I mean, I feel like I've always loved spooky stuff. So probably that first, I guess. Okay. I don't know. I feel like they're kind of like, it's like a Venn diagram with like two circles and there's like overlap, but they're kind of, they're different, right? Because like one's more science and the other one's like, what's beyond the science kind of thing. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like, you know, they probably grew together separately and then you were able to combine these two things you're really passionate about in this book, which is mm-hmm. so neat and fun. Um, you know, one thing about being an author, I'm sure you understand better than me, someone who's never written anything. Um, but I feel like the authors who I've talked to have kind of given the impression that you really get to create your own world. You get to completely start from scratch and build whatever it is that you want, whatever rules and guidelines that you want this world to follow. And obviously, you know, if it's based in kind of an earth modern day world, you have to stay true to whatever rules of modern (laughs) earth already exist. But uh, being able to really take your liberties wherever you feel that you want to must be so liberating and also really fun for your creative juices flowing all around. For sure. Yeah. It was really fun to figure out like just how I wanted ghosts to work in my world. Like I wanted to have it be very logical, but at the same time fit what my storyline ideas were. So it's like constantly going back and changing things like how big is her radius surrounding the elevator, for instance. Sure. Um, to figure out okay so and I did actually do a lot of research actually into like blueprints for apartment buildings and you know how thick are ceilings <laughs> typically yeah. and, like, you know the <laughs> elevator what's the size of your average elevator and I mean I had to take some liberties because like a building this size would probably only have one elevator but I was thinking you know if there's only one elevator she's gonna never be All able to see time. anything she'll yeah. just constantly be moving right so, and also it's an expensive building. So I was like, they sprung for two. <laughs> they sprung for two. People here are rich. <laughs> yeah. Um, <but> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I lived in, uh, a not by LA standards, not super expensive apartment building that had two or apartment complex really. And all of the buildings had two elevators in them. So for me, it felt really believable that, you know, she'd be able to kind of sit and hang out and observe what was going on in each of her spots. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's really, really neat. And uh, this being your debut novel too, did you feel like you got to incorporate all of the things you would have wanted to incorporate? Do you feel like you held back anything for the sake of writing a sequel or any other sort of novels that you have on your agenda? Yeah, I think I pretty much wrote what I wanted to. I mean, aside from the fact it wasn't didn't end up being a horror. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It it ended up uh, how I wanted it to. Like, I mean, I left a few things somewhat open ended. Sure. Yeah. And uh, you would probably I mean, some of the same characters, obviously, you (laughs) couldn't use. But um, would you keep kind of the same? the same idea of like here you have this cool building and you know I mean Rachel her her whole story you know she's figured out see I need to stop talking now because I'm going to start spoiling your book for you (laughs) it's hard it's so hard 
Yeah. This is like, at what point in the book is it a spoiler or is it just like a snippet of like right, what just happens early in the book? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just going to move on from that question. But, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, just file that away in my brain as something we can talk about later. <laughs> uh, but so to shift gears, because I don't know how to continue our conversation without incorporating some pretty big spoilers. Um what was your experience like listening to the audiobook or even just, you know, reading your book when it was done? Was it massively different than you? I know you said you'd want it to be horror and you ended up being much more of like a mystery, very paranormal, interesting thing. Um, I mean, what was your experience like both reading your book back when it was done and then hearing the audiobook for the first time? Yeah, it was kind it was very surreal just to even hold the book in my hands after after it was published just to hold it and be like these are my words and even just listening to the audiobook it just felt so spooky because the the reader Rachel Vulginity she does such like a good job of like She's so creating great. that tension and and doing the voices and it's so spooky. And it's funny because I had to do kind of my first in-person reading a few weeks ago. And I was listening to the first chapter. I was listening to it on repeat (laughs) so I could like be spooky like her (laughs) as opposed to how I usually sound, which is like not spooky. (laughs) I get that Um, though. A little bit of voice acting training from listening. (laughs) So did you feel then it sounds like you really thought that she did your book justice as far as capturing the... Mm -hmm. I don't, I I feel like we keep using the word spooky, which is great. We should do Gabe a little spooky counter to see how many times we use the word uh, because it's pretty great. Um, But I don't even know how that kind of pit in your stomach feeling you hear when something like really goosebumpy is about to happen. (laughs) Goosebumpy is the word I'm using to replace spooky in this moment. Is it a made up word? Yes. Um, but it sounds like she really was able to, to capture that, uh, the ability to give someone a pit in their stomach for you. So that's so important. I'm sure in writing a book like this, that's about ghosts. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I liked, um, just, you know, how she would kind of do the different, not just the different voices, but, you know, at the more like that kind of nonchalant you know, speak, way of speaking. And then sometimes she'd be more tense and like frightened and, you know, kind of like with the, with the sentences when sometimes there's like the shorter sentences to capture that nervousness. Like she yes. did that really, read that really well, I found. I really liked that. Oh, so great. And yeah, yeah, I definitely feel like a good voice actor really makes the, a difference too in, in consuming that story because you're so immersed in that world when someone is able to do a good job. I was just talking about this with uh, Amna Qureshi um, and, and the voice actor who uh, read her book was also just one of those voices that really you felt so immersed in the way that she was speaking. So I love that. I feel like that's something that all of the CamCat books that I've gotten to listen to the audiobook for, they've really felt like they were well casted. So you said, I always have to, as I'm like thinking, I have to say something out loud. So do, do, do is typically my like, okay, where am I? Here's where I am. <laughs> um, so you said that you obviously had left some things a little bit open-ended and there could be 
a little bit of uh, a continuation for this story. Would you write a sequel for this or are you in the process of writing a sequel or any other books? It's not really on my radar now. I did write a rough draft of like a prequel short story that kind of fills in some of the open-ended gaps. Okay. But I haven't really done anything <laughs> with that yet. But Sure. I mean, maybe this is, it's still, I'm sure you're still basking in the glory of having your first work published, which is so cool. Yeah. It, yeah. It feels very, it's very exciting for sure. So have you done any sort of spooky things of note? Spooky again. <laughs> any, um, you know, creepy things of note? <laughs> spooky is just such a good word. It's so hard to replace. <laughs> I mean, it's um, a popular word. Yes. <laughs> it's a good uh, word for capturing that. You know what? Um, since you're doing right now, and I think we were talking about this before we started recording, but I will talk to um, our audience that Helen is doing this cool thing on her TikTok right now where um, if you re respond with a word or comment a word that's in her book, she'll read a sentence that is in the book that has that word. Has anyone done spooky? Yep, somebody did do spooky. I can't remember what the sentence was. It's actually, I think there was one time that I used the word spooky in the book and it was just when she was talking it was in a diary entry when she was referring to having gone on a ghost walk which is funny because you're just talking about ghost walk oh that's so great um and she was like oh they were telling spooky stories about something or other so it wasn't even a spooky scene <laughs> but it, it, it was it was in there once only once I love that oh Wow. And for it to just be there once and for it to feel like it comes up so naturally in conversation, especially I think surrounding this genre and also this time of year, because we are recording this interview in October, but I think it will be released in November. So what was that? Early November. Early November. Oh, so people will still be in the spooky spirit and really get to be listening feeling. to Christmas music yet. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and still still feeling the uh, the October hauntingness. Oh, haunting! That's a good a good <laughs> for spooky. <laughs> um, so, have you done any cool haunting experiences of note since the book has come out that made you think, oh, this would be a great thing to include in another book, or oh, I just really appreciate this experience, or maybe even appreciate it a little more because you have a book that's so haunting and spooky <laughs> um let me think I I think it was last October so after the book had been published my friends and I did this like it was Friday the 13th so we did like a couple of spooky like <laughs> activities she my friend had this book it was like games to play after dark or whatever so like oh. you had to take a coin and like flip it over your back and if it was like heads or tails it would tell you yes or no and we also did like a little ouija board thing and it was really funny because the, the little planchette was not moving at all until the very end when it just spelled out the word quit and then went straight to goodbye and we we're like okay it was really creepy. It was like, clearly it's like, doesn't want to talk to us because <laughs> we're writing down all the letters it's giving us and it's like moving so slow and it's like not making any sense. Right. And then all right. of a sudden it's felt quit. And then went to goodbye and we're like, well, I think we're done for the night. <laughs> Even that gives me chills. Like, I'm like, ooh. Oh, actually, I, so I, I actually had a question. Yeah. So, um, 
speaking of ghost box, have you like had any experiences that you'd say were paranormal on your ghost walks? Um, I would say no. I've been on a few. Like whenever I go to a place, I try to do a ghost walk. But I haven't really seen anything spooky on a ghost walk, no. But I mean, like I've stayed at like, for instance, like in Regina, I stayed at the Hotel Saskatchewan and I was like 95% sure I saw a woman staring at me through the curtains in the window. And I was like so scared. (laughs) But it was also the middle of the night and it's like maybe. It could be. Yeah. Could be just your (laughs) brain messing with you. (laughs) Eyes playing tricks on you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I um on the things that I've done, I've never had what I thought was a proper experience, but um, in the house that was close to the Manson murder house, um, there was, uh, as we were walking through like the basement or something, the owner of the house made like a casual comment of like, oh yeah, every once in a while, the like little electric keyboard in here will start playing. And then we kind of walked away and we walked back and it was playing when we got back. And I was like, okay, it's an electric keyboard. So maybe there's like a switch, but you never know, you know. Uh, Have you ever done the um, Alcatraz ghost tour? No. Oh my God. It's so great. Yeah. I went, I think, on a normal tour. I don't think we went on the ghost tour. I don't yeah. remember, but it was super spooky. It was the evening tour, so it was nighttime, so it was really spooky. <laughs> yeah, they have a ghost tour where they, like, take you, I think, I don't know if they still do it, but they took you into, like, some of the, like, haunted areas, and they gave you stories and stuff, and there was this one cell that was supposed to be haunted, and if you lock the person in there, like, that you close the gate and, like, keep them in there, sometimes you can feel, like, a ghostly hand like on your shoulder and um you cut out when you oh. said a ghostly hand on your shoulder oh, said sometimes bad. you can feel a ghostly I hand keep, on your I keep shoulder moving my head away from the mic <laughs> but yeah you can feel like a ghostly hand on your shoulder if sometimes if you like lock someone in the uh in the cell oh my gosh I think, I think that a lot of us tried that we all went into that cell but nothing happened but I did remember I went on a tour of a ghost walk at Fort Henry in Kingston, Ontario. And I remember like we were just like walking around. It was really spooky, like just doors slam shut. But it's also kind of windy. But so you're like wondering. But I remember I heard like the sound of a bunch of horses, like the hooves, like clopping. And I was like freaking out. I was like, what is that? Nobody else heard it. And I was like, could it be the wind? I don't know. The <laughs> but wind, but only out. you can hear <laughs> But only I noticed. Oh <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I never had, I mean, I occasionally will hear like a thing here or there and I'm like, okay. I don't think that was like, I remember one time I, um, I don't think that was in my head, you know, those kinds of experiences where I was like, huh, I'm not really sure about this. But I remember one time uh, I was staying with my parents or maybe it was when I was still living with my parents years ago. And, um, I had gone out, like a friend of mine was coming over and I went out of the house to, you know, greet them, say hello, give them a hug. And I heard, it sounded just like my mom's voice say, Jeremy, is that you? And I was like, what? No, mom, that's so-and-so, whoever my friend was, that was visiting. And I turned around and she wasn't there. And I was like, 
I was so certain my mom had come out behind me and said, Jeremy, is that you? And I was like, I don't know anybody named Jeremy. I don't think she knows anybody <laughs> named Jeremy. But it was so oh I was God. so certain that she followed me out and was asking questions. And it was kind of spooky in that I was the only one who heard it, but it was clear as day to me. And um, yeah, it was really interesting. And I've had a couple of, you know, never on ghost walks, like you said, aside from the keyboard thing. Um, but interesting paranormal experiences just on my own. So, um, and also yeah. before I forget, um, you can't see him, but the third voice who's talking in the background is our producer, Gabe. <laughs> um, and he's here with me in the studio, but we don't have a camera on him. He's always here with us in our hearts. <laughs> um, Helen, before we get wrapped up, what are you reading right now? I'm actually between books right now, but I'm supposed to be reading <laughs> the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires for a book club. So I'm probably going to read that one next. Ah. Yeah, I'm excited. It looks, I love Grady Hendrix's stuff. So I'm excited for that one. That's so fun. Well, if you like spooky stuff, it sounds like you live your whole life doing some spooky things. We've got a lot of cam cat books I can recommend to you as well. Um, but yeah, so again, before we let you go, um, where can we find you? Yeah, you can find me on um, Instagram or TikTok. I'm at Power Librarian, and I'm also on Twitter, and I'm pretty active on Goodreads as well. So like just writing reviews and <laughs> following other people's reviews, if you want to follow me on there as well. And I have a website, of course, too, HelenPower.ca. <laughs> Oh, awesome. Nobody, I don't think that's anyone's like major like follow way to follow somebody, but no, but I think it's nice for people yeah. to kind of see what you're up to if you end up writing any more cool books or mm -hmm. doing any fun paranormal things that people can keep up to date with. Yeah, it's always sure. good to share a good website link. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I'll be posting probably kind of soon ish on there about my next book too. So Amazing. Oh, so exciting. Well, Helen, thank you so much for joining us. This is so fun. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was fun. I could just talk about ghost experiences all day. I know. I was like, I really want to keep going, but we should probably stay like close to the book. And if we want to talk later, we can talk later. We should do like a, a part two to this interview where it's just, just talking paranormal about paranormal stuff. Or we could do like a TikTok live or something too. Yeah, <laughs> or just tell yeah, a ghost story. Like a, a TikTok like collab thing. Okay, mm -hmm. Helen, yeah. we're going to talk we'll because that's we'll a great idea. Yes. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, to our listeners at home, you can find The Ghosts of Thorwald Place in audiobook, ebook, and print formats on our website, camcatbooks.com. And you can find CamCat Unwrapped on all major podcasting platforms or watch us on our YouTube channel. And make sure you check out our Instagram or all of our social media accounts at camcatbooks. Thank you so much for tuning in and unwrapping another one of our books to live in with me. My name is Jess, and I'll see you guys next time here on Cam Cat Unwrapped. <laughs>